The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message from Pastor Chris May. Malachi chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? This is the Lord speaking, by the way, to his people. And if I'm a master, where is my fear? says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, and who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals and sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were many among you who would shut doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. Have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name in a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or the lame or the sick, and you bring this as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. It's a heavy word, folks, but it is the word of the Lord. I pray we receive it as such. You may be seated. Let me just pray that we can hear these words today uh, with open hearts. Lord, we thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, we've been celebrating in the book of Matthew just so many wonderful truths about Jesus being healer and deliverer and all these wonderful things. But Lord... Some of the tougher passages, particularly this one in Malachi, still your word and it's still meant to be a blessing to us. And so Lord, help us receive it today. Uh, help us learn from it. Help us apply it to our own lives. We pray we would do this to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So Malachi is the last prophet that the children of Israel will know until John the Baptist comes on the scene. He has the task of addressing the community of Israel following its return from exile. The people of Israel are a little bit discouraged. They're in a little bit of disarray. They've come back from, from exile, and I think they thought everything was just going to be perfect, right? It wasn't like that. It wasn't what they had remembered or what they had expected, and they were discouraged and Though the temple has been rebuilt, it's a really good thing by this time, their worship has become heartless. Malachi is calling them back to covenantal faithfulness to God. I just wondered, we've got some beautiful quote-unquote temples, churches across the nation today. And as beautiful as those are, I just wonder how many churches are filled with heartless worship. As we prepare for the new year, I, I want to challenge us back to covenantal faithfulness. 
I want to call us back to making Jesus, as we just sang, the center of our lives, the top priority of our lives. And here's what I want to do at the start of the message. I want us to reflect, if we might, on 2021. And I want to just have us pose this question to ourselves individually. Have I given God my best this year? Or have I given Him the leftovers? I'm ruining the Christmas spirit, aren't I? Have I given God my best in 2021? Or have I given Him the leftovers? Several years ago, radio commentator Paul, Paul Harvey, how many have listened to him throughout the years, he shared a true story about a woman and her frozen turkey. The Butterball Turkey Company set up this telephone hotline to answer questions about their turkeys and in preparation for the holidays. So one woman called in to inquire about cooking a turkey, get this, that had been in her freezer for 23 years. And she said, listen, uh, she calls the hotline, she says, is this going to be safe to eat? Well, the representative told her that it, it would be safe to eat technically, but did not recommend eating it because the flavor would be deteriorated. It had almost no flavor at all. So you want to know what the woman says? She says, well, that's what I thought. I'll probably just give it to my church. (laughs) True story. And we laugh at how many of us bring our leftovers, the stuff we don't want to God. Leftover time, leftover talent, leftover treasure. It's not a new problem. It's not a modern day problem. The people and the priests of Malachi's day are guilty of this very thing, serving the leftovers to a holy God. So from the top down, the priest and the people become negligent in their worship. And so God sends Malachi, this job of the prophet, to confront the people and call them out. So here's the premise of what's being done. Under the Old Testament sacrificial system, the Israelites are offering defective animals for sacrifice. And the priests, who are responsible for making sure the the animals are are right and without blemish and acceptable, they're just allowing this to happen. Leviticus 22 talks about the priest making sure that these animals are acceptable. And the Lord is saying that they are bringing Him, the great King of the universe, sacrifices that aren't even good enough for human authorities. Think about it. The Lord speaks to His people through the prophet, and He begins by alluding to Himself as Father and Master. Father and Master. So look at Malachi 1 verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? This is the Lord speaking. If I'm a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts, O priest, And these are weighty words. O priest who despise my name. As their heavenly father, God is Israel's creator, much like he is our creator. Let me read you a passage from Deuteronomy 32.6. Do you thus repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you, who made you and established you? So as father... He is the one who provides for and protects His people. 
He is Israel's father. He is our father. Not only that, he is their master, which means he is their Lord, which calls for deep devotion. It calls for great loyalty and great reverence. He rules over his people, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God's rule, his lordship, is not one that crushes us, right? It's one that is meant to build us up and allow us to flourish as as human beings. So after establishing the fact that God is both Father and Lord or Master, he says that as a father, he should be honored. Now this is said, understand, in the context of a shame and honor culture. There's still some Eastern cultures that are much like this today. Where giving honor where honor is due is very, very highly valued. And it's ingrained in Israel's cultural narrative. So to honor your father and mother, as you know, is part of the Ten Commandments. And as their master, God is saying, listen, I should be feared. If you grew up at all in a shame and honor home where daddy was to be feared or mama was to be feared, that's how it was in my house, right? Like, you just knew, man, it's like you had a a healthy fear and respect because you knew if I mess up, man, I am in trouble, right? But it's... I guess a, a word we could use here in, in Malachi would be respect. It's this honor, it's this reverence. It's this healthy fear of the Lord. I think we need that because we talk a lot about the love of God and God is loving. But friends, listen, we have, uh, R.C. Sproul said it like this many years ago. He said, we have defanged God. We have defanged God. We made him like Jesus is my buddy, right? And we forget and and we we trample the blood of Christ by habitual sin and and we we, we really profane the name of the Lord and we just act like it doesn't matter because, oh, Jesus is so grace, 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 and I am a grace guy. But I think we need this balance. And so Israel has gotten this out of balance. They believe in the grace, but they've, they've lost the fear of the Lord. So God's people are not honoring the name of the Lord as their father. And the Lord says to the priest, he says, you're despising my name. Now the word despise here means to disdain or consider something worthless. That's what it means in the Hebrew. To disdain or to consider something worthless. In other words, instead of honoring God by giving them their best, they're treating him by, as insignificant by bringing him their leftovers look at the second part of verse six but you say how have we despised your name the lord says by offering polluted food upon my altar but you say how have we polluted you by saying that the lord's table may be despised when you offer blind animals in sacrifice is that not evil when you offer those that are lame or sick is that not evil this begs the question how was offering a a blind or a blemish animal sacrifice like how does that constitute evil? Well, for one main reason, it's in direct disobedience to the law of God. So let me just take you on a little bit of a journey through the book, your favorite book of the Bible, the book of Leviticus. Don, for you, that might be true. Leviticus 1, verse 3. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without blemish. He shall bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting that he may be accepted before the Lord. 
Leviticus 22.22, animals blind or disabled or mutilated or having a discharge or an itch or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord or give them to the Lord as a food offering on the altar. Some of you are like, this is really in the Bible? Talking about itchy animals, scabby animals? It is. And for good reason. In Leviticus 22, after discussion of what constituted acceptable sacrifices to God, Moses makes a clear association with God's name. It's like it's what we see in Malachi. So this is Leviticus 22, 32, and 33. You shall not profane my name, my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. Sanctified means be set apart. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. So this is the context. It's about giving the right sacrifices. And he said, listen, you shall not profane my holy name. So it seems the implication is that to offer an unacceptable sacrifice was just to treat God's name as common. This begs the question even further, like why did the sacrifices need to be perfect? I think Warren Worsby, great commentator, makes a compelling argument for why. He reminds us that these Old Testament sacrifices pointed, they were, in other words, they were pictures of the New Testament sacrifice. The Lamb of God who would one day die for the sins of the world. He would become our substitute, the perfect sacrifice. And Worsby says if they were imperfect, these Old Testament sacrifices, how could then it typify the perfect sacrifice, the true Lamb of God, the sinless Son of God? Let me just pause for a moment here because Israel likely did not understand the reasoning. So they think, oh, I know what Leviticus says, but listen, we're bringing an animal. It's all the same. God's not going to care. And, and they may question, like, why does it matter? And how often does God ask us to do things in his word or he lays things upon our heart? And we ask the question, why? Now, some of you know as parents, your kids drive you crazy asking you why, why, why. And you sometimes just say, because I told you so. Right? Come on, somebody. That's preaching right there. <laughs> listen. God does not owe you an answer when he asks you to do something. He may know some things that you don't know. He's kind of God. <laughs> we have to realize he's God and we are not. And sometimes he doesn't explain why he, even in the word, like we have these commands and we don't always see the why behind it. But we're to follow suit. We're still to obey even when we don't understand the why. So let me just quickly make three observations about Israel's worship and why it's so displeasing. Number one, they were bringing the blind and lame animals, animals that they did not want. It's like, how are you going to bring God a, a, a blind and lame gift? Nobody wants it. Nobody's going to use it. This is the attitude. I might as well take it to the temple. This last, or it's been a couple of weeks ago now, I think, um, after the aftermath of the, uh, during the aftermath of the tornadoes that brought devastation upon the western part of our state, my dad, stepdad, um, along with um, his his business, uh, ga gathered with some other, uh, teamed up with some other organizations in Lexington. They took a big Penske truck, uh, loaded uh, the biggest truck they had, I think, loaded, uh, packed with uh, waters and food and supplies. They took a bunch of generators. They got businesses that, that all donated. And, and they took that down to western Kentucky. And the people were so appreciative. And, 
you know, they started talking to some of the, the, the people who were heading up, particularly some of the pastors who were helping kind of head up some of the relief. And one of the men said uh, to, to my dad, he said, listen, um, we need to get the word out that we can't take any used stuff anymore. They said, people are sending junk, this like broken toys that are broken, clothes that are tattered and filthy. They said, like, how are we even supposed to wash these? We have nothing. And you know, you've seen people do this, right? It's like, man, I don't want to bother taking this to the dump and pay, like, Dude, we can just go unload this on these victims, right? And maybe that's what was ha- happening in in Western Kentucky. So they said we can't take any. It needs to be new, uh, at least in this particular area. It's got to be new stuff. How often do we do that to God? The stuff we don't want, we just bring Him the leftovers. We have three resources that we talk about a lot. We have time, we have talent, we have treasure. So let's deal with the time first. Lord, I'll fit you in when I have nothing else to do. I'll come to church if there's nothing else I want to do on a Sunday. By the way, there's a message online if you missed it as to why we meet on Sundays. I, I think it would be helpful to you if you're not convinced of that. It's, it's on our website. Sunday is bib- biblically and historically the, the Lord's Day. It's not just family day. People say, well, man, I just want to spend time with my family. We'll bring them to church. It's a great place to spend time with your family. Amen? So it's like this, not just church, but it's a daily communion with God. Prayer and Bible study. And it's like, if I can fit it in today. If I can fit it in today. What about our talents? It's like, we'll give our, our best of our talents to the world. We'll give our best of talents to the world and then give the church, God, the leftovers, right? Because if it can make us money, man, we're all for it. But it's like, man, I'm not really going to get anything out of this. I, I'm reminded, Jeremy, of when you guys so graciously laid our floor. Uh, I don't. Have you? Were you even at the church a month? <laughs> I don't even think you had been here. Like, but yeah, it was pretty early on, and and we needed the floor. We had no money, and we we were able to get the the floor itself for good cost. And uh, Jeremy and his team came over with no expectation. And just said, man, we just want to bless the church. And, and they did that at no charge. And I look around and I see many of you business owners that have helped us. And just people in general. Um, Joe basically moved in here for like four weeks. Uh, and and uh, fixed everything. It's just, it's awesome. But you know what? So many people don't have that attitude. And I'll tell you what happens. It puts an unfair burden on the ones who are willing to work. We've got some people who are exhausted because probably 60% of the people in our church do nothing except show up and be fed. And listen, I understand when you have young kids and things like that, like different seasons of life like allows for different levels of service. But if everybody would just do something, if we used our talents together, we've got, we've got people who are doing stuff that they're frankly not gifted at because nobody else that is gifted is stepping in. Let me just encourage you, don't I'm going to say this very nicely. Um, Leech is just kind of, that's not nice. I was going to say don't be a leech. Now I have said it, so don't be a leech. Listen, it, yeah, speak the truth in love. I don't know how loving that, but, but really I do mean this with, in, in great love. 
Um, and it's not just for our benefit. You are, this will never feel like your church until you are engaged in ministry. It'll never feel like your church. And so um, let me say this to the many, many faithful people we have that work so hard. Thank you. Um, and we just pray that, that that number continues to grow. Um, there's something, no matter what your time schedules, there's something you can do. There you go. I digress. Um, so we have time, talent, treasures. I'm going to talk about treasure next week. Uh, but let me just say, as it pertains to this, uh, people put their change in the offering plate because they don't want to carry it and walking out like they're super spiritual. And, you know, people say this all the time, well, I just can't afford to give, but I give what I can. Well, really what we're saying is this, after I use the money for what I want, I can't afford to give. There's a big difference in that, right? Uh, my dad cracked up when he was coming to, to church um, here years ago and he saw somebody, uh, I think they had like a five, five dollar bill, and they, they put it in the offering, but they pulled out, it's when we had the, not the bags, but the, but they looked for ones to get change, like they couldn't put a whole five in there, it's like pulled four other ones out, for real, yeah, that person was excommunicated, I'm just joking, I'm just joking, it's good we have a low crowd today, I can kind of joke around with you, all right? The people, so, so there you have it, time, talent, treasure, they were bringing leftovers. But they were, here's what's interesting, they were giving God gifts that they wouldn't dare give their governor. Verse 8, present that to your governor, God says, will he accept you or show you favor? Think of it. You know, as a point of application, I often think of this, like, people would never dream of treating their employers like they do the Lord. I mean, think of this, like I talked about coming to church and stuff, and it's like, ah, you know what, I don't really want to come in today. <laughs> think of that, like you go to work, and, and, or you, you just call your boss, and some people do this, uh, but they, it's like, uh, you who are business owners, you get this. <laughs> but it's like, you know what, um, I just don't feel like working today, I'm just going to come in, right? That's what we do on Sundays, right? Like I get, there's lots of people, you know, I know who are ill and stuff and can't come, like I get that. But I'm saying just frivolous reasons, right? Or trivial reasons. Imagine showing up to work and going, you know what, I don't really want to contribute at all, but uh, contribute at all, but I'm going to get a paycheck on, I'll be here to get my paycheck. That's what people do, they come in, they sit, they, they get fed, oh, man, I, I want, 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 but I don't want to contribute, time, talent, treasure. And by the way, um, as a side note, you don't get to pick from these three, like some of you give time, some of you give talent, some of you give treasure, because I've had people say that, well, I... I, I tithe my time. Okay, that doesn't work, but let me ask, do you really tithe your time? Because that means that you would give, what, 2.4 hours every single day to the church? Do you do that? You don't tithe your time. A tithe is a tenth. But even if you did that, you don't get to pick. We're called to give God, all of us, time, talents, and treasures. And please come next week, and, because I, I promise you I'm not going to be harsh when I talk about money, because I think... I think the church has gotten a lot of it wrong when it comes to the tithe and stuff. So I want to, I think it's really going to bless you and help you. So there you have it. Um, we wouldn't treat our employers, our, our, our dignitaries the same that we would sometimes the church. That's the point. Um, so here's what's so interesting. I mean, this is, this is crazy. God would rather Israel offer nothing than to bring him these unworthy sacrifices. Look at verse 10. Oh, that there were one among you 
who would shut the doors that you might not kindle a fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. He says here, essentially, it would be better to close the temple doors than to offer God a sacrifice in vain. I pray this isn't true for this church. I don't think it is, but I hope it's not. But I think of all the churches that it's about show, Christ is barely mentioned. And we go, well, at least we're meeting. I think the Lord would say, I'd rather you close the doors than gather in my name and put on some performance that's about you and not about Jesus. In his compelling book, Crazy Love, Overwhelmed by, God, by a Relentless God, Francis Chan writes this. He says, the priest of Malachi's day thought their sacrifices were sufficient. They had spotless animals but chose to keep those for themselves and give their less desirable animals to God. They assumed God was pleased because they had sacrificed something. God described this practice as evil. He writes, leftovers are not merely inadequate. From God's point of view, unless we forget, it's the only point of view that matters. It's evil. So Chan writes, let's stop calling it a busy schedule or bills or forgetfulness. It's called evil. Aren't you glad you came to church today? (laughs) What's the motivation for this? For giving God our best in worship. Listen, it's not about earning God's love. It's not about... Uh, giving God something so he won't strike us down. One of the reasons I'm compelled to give my best to God is because God has given his best to me. And hear me clearly. Amen? Hear me clearly. It is not payback. You could never in a million lifetimes pay God back because you know what? Every day that you have breath, you are more indebted to the God's grace. Every day that you don't fall back into your old self, every day that you don't fall back into bondage, you are more and more indebted to God's grace. You didn't save yourself, and by the way, you're not keeping yourself. He's the one who keeps you from falling. So you can't pay somebody back if you're borrowing more and more every day, right? You can't pay him back. But listen, this is kind of what Paul alludes to in the book of Galatians. It's like this. I'm paraphrasing. But he essentially says, listen, the one who gave it all for me, I give him my life. It's not a payback. It's gratitude. It's love. God gave us in Christ the very best heaven had to offer. He didn't give us the leftovers. Why would we not give God the best we have? Friends, when I think of his goodness, I can't help but praise him. When I think about the way he dug me out of a pit, I can't help but worship him. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. I can't help but serve him. That's one motivation. There's a second one, and it's divine favor. Divine favor. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about favor. His divine power and blessing working in my life. Listen, I don't just want eternal life. I want to walk in his favor on this earth, here and now, which means I can be at peace no matter what circumstances I'm in. I want the favor of God in my life. And again, I'm not saying God's a vending machine. This is not just simply transactional. But verse 9 says, And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand. Will he show, show favor to any of you? 
Now entreat the favor of God. You say, wait, pastor, that's Old Testament. Well, fine. Fair enough. But let me help you with the same principle in the New Testament. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Well, pastor, we can't make a doctrine off one verse. Okay, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, and by the way, not under compulsion. My job is not to sit up here and tell you if you don't give a certain amount, you're going to hell. I've heard it preached. That's the only reason you're giving. God doesn't want it. Close the temple doors. He wants us to give with hearts of gratitude and generosity. So if I give sacrificially and if I give cheerfully, the favor of God will be on my life. And I don't mean that all the greeds of my heart are going to come to pass, but the Lord will take care of me. I know it. Because here's why, again, I want to reiterate this and I'll talk more next week, but he's looking for conduit as it were. The people, not, not where it doesn't stop with me, he blesses me, it stops with me. No, where it flows not to me, but through me. He's looking for people like that. That's what I want to be. The foundational reason that we give our best, it's not because of what he can do, but it's simply because of who he is. Verse 11, for from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. Bob, if you don't mind, you can go ahead and come up. From the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 14, if you drop down there. For I'm a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. A primary reason for giving God our best is simply because of who he is. We have a holy reverence for God. We should. From the rising of the sun to its going down, his name will be praised. By the way, with or without me, his name will be praised. I want to take part in that. He's our Heavenly Father. If we believe it, we'll honor Him as Father. So in closing, we can apply the text to many areas of our life. Here's just a few disciplines that come to mind. Daily communion. I encourage you to start your day with Bible reading and prayer. I counseled many of you to do that. And uh, it'll bless you. Don't give Him the leftovers at the end of the day. Start your day with what's most important. Church attendance. Prioritize the Lord's day. Serving, every one of you have some gift that the Lord can use for edifying and building up the church. Serve regularly. Giving. Are we regularly supporting the ministry of the local church? Are we taking care, even beyond that, the poor and the marginalized? Malachi was calling his people to renewed covenantal faithfulness. And I'm calling us to the same thing. Let's quit giving God our leftovers and start giving him our best. I'll leave you with these questions. Are we giving to God first? Are we giving to God our best? Are we offering God a sacrifice that cost us nothing? Let me go back to the beginning here, the question that I started with. Looking back over 2021, have I given God my best or have I given Him my leftovers? The tragedy is we can't do anything about it at this point can't change the past but here's what we can do we can decide today 2022 is going to be different god willing if he doesn't return before then actually i'd love it if he did but if he doesn't return before 
next Sunday. What's 2022 going to look like? I'm going to give God my best. I'm going to give Him my first. I'm going to serve Him and His church with my time, with my talent, and with my treasure. I'm going to be generous with all the resources that God has given me. That's what I encourage for you today. Let's pray. God, tough word, but one I believe needs to be preached. I need to hear it. Lord, I myself at times have given you the leftovers. I think we're all, if we're honest, guilty of that from time to time. Just pray, help us, Lord. We know that uh, guilt, lasting guilt, things we've repented of that's not of you you want us to be free from that guilt and shame so lord i pray that we repent and allow the holy spirit to cleanse us you said in your word the book of first john that when we confess our sins you're faithful and just to forgive us and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so i'm not wanting people to leave with great burdens of guilt i want repentance i want to repent myself of the times i've been guilty of this very thing And I just want to look ahead. By your grace and through your help, may we put you first in 2022. Before anything else, family, job, anything, may you be first. Not just in theory, but in great practicality. May we put, not just have these great ideals, but may we, Lord, put hands and feet to what we believe and say that we want just pray through this that there would be a great harvest in our church amongst the nations help us to love you with our time talent and treasure and to give to you our very best we pray it in Jesus good name amen just sing one song as we prepare our hearts for communion I invite you to stand with me if you need prayer for anything these altars are always open and you're welcome to come down we'd be happy to pray for you table today and we're reminded that Christ when he came to earth he was obedient even obedient unto death he, his life was centered on the will of God and it was focused on God's will to save his people from their sins so we remember how, how much again remember heaven gave the best it had to offer God gave the best heaven had to offer I should say it like that so we remember with great gratitude what he has done for us Let's take the bread representing the body of our Lord.
represents the blood of Christ shed for us. Thank you so much for this great sacrifice. I just pray, oh God, that you would help us to remember what Christ has given. And may our hearts be overwhelmed with gratitude this week. And may that gratitude move us to wonderful love for our neighbor, for those in need. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at myrealchurch.org. Real Life Community Church is located at 335 Glendon Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We invite you to join us for worship Sunday at 1045 a.m. or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at myrealchurch.org.